0: Container management systems like Kubernetes and Docker Swarm give us a higher-level management tool for architectures built out of distributed containers. Container platforms like Rancher provide an even higher level of usability, and today's guest, Darren Shepard of Rancher Labs, takes us through what a container platform is and how it builds on the functionality of a container management system like Kubernetes or Docker Swarm. This interview is part of our continued coverage of Kubernetes and Docker and the other components of the growing container ecosystem, and I always want to know if there's something of this area that I'm missing. I really want to cover this area in depth, so you can always send me emails with suggestions. Um, Some other quick announcements before we get started. The Software Engineering Daily community is working on a project called Software Daily, which was started by Jeff Tribble, a member of the Software Engineering Daily community, We're building an open source news and information site about software, and I think this is a really important project. If you're a web developer who has some spare time and you're working with React.js or Flux Architecture or Node.js or really any any web technology, check out the Software Daily repo at softwaredaily.com softwareengineeringdaily.com which is the website of this podcast, also has some interesting links. If you want to check that out, you can sign up for the newsletter, Software Weekly. You can join the Slack channel. You can see my Twitter account or send me an email. You can also find out how to host a show. If you're interested in becoming a host or helping out with the outlines that I prepare for these shows, there are links for that on softwareengineeringdaily.com. Darren Shepard is the co-founder and chief architect at Rancher Labs. Darren, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Yeah, uh, thanks. I'm, I'm glad to be here. So today we're going to talk about container platforms. So let's start off by just discussing what that terminology actually means. What is a container platform?
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of a, a really wide um, description. So it's we would consider Rancher being a container platform. Which would be kind of the full end-to-end solution, which would be, you know, um, storage, networking, app orchestration. So, honestly, I think it's a, it's it's bigger than what most people would think of in terms of uh, Kubernetes, Swarm, or Mesos, for example. Most people would think of those as being the complete platform, but those are really like application um, frameworks or schedulers.
0: This differentiation between a framework and a schedule, a framework slash scheduler and a container full-fledged platform. Could you touch a little more on that?
1: Right. Um, I mean, it's kind of the premise of what, what we do is, is for example, you know, let's say you want to run Kubernetes. Um, Kubernetes in and of itself is not really a complete solution. It's, it's designed to have certain plugins Uh, hooks for other things such as like storage and networking. So for example, if you want to run Kubernetes, you you might be looking at GKE. It's like, why does GKE exist? Because it adds in a lot more things that you'll need to kind of complete the whole picture.
0: Sorry, what is GKE?
1: Um, Oh, sorry. GKE is the Google container engine. So it's basically Google's hosted version of Kubernetes. And so that automatically plugs into their storage, to their load balancing, to their networking. Um, and then additionally, they have a you know portal on top of it, easy access to the, the command line. So when I talk about like a complete container platform, you know, you have to go one step beyond kind of that, just the um, application framework, like the schedulers slash orchestrator that you're using.
0: What are some of the problems that a container platform will solve
1: i mean a lot of them is dealing with uh it's how do you scale your application how does your application handle failure and then how does your application talk to each other so i mean these these application are i mean these these frameworks and um container schedulers and everything they're they're really oriented towards microservices that's where like they really shine um so they're going to allow you to be, deploy an application that's going to horizontally scale, but then you can have multiple, you know, microservices and be able to easily talk between those. So I think that's where things like service discovery come in, um, the automatic networking, you know, network policies for security. Um, so it really handles that, you know, the intercommunication, scaling, and then how to handle failure. So, you know, if you have like health checks if your container goes down um, or your application Uh, You know, how do you reschedule it? Where do you, you know, what do you do about that?
0: One of the advantages of these containers and then container platforms is that they provide an abstraction that improves the portability story for our applications, even our distributed applications. And I think Rancher is an example of this because Rancher can run containers consistently on any infrastructure infrastructure. I think that's probably the case with a lot of these different platforms. Um, so uh, do we need an additional layer of this container platform to give us even more portability? Because I thought that the whole story for containers was that containers themselves can consistently run on any infrastructure. Do we get additional portability advantages from a container platform?
1: Um yeah you do and so that that has to do with when you so there's kind of two layers of looking at this is it's like from an end user perspective like i'm just the guy i'm the developer i'm writing an app i'm deploying it if i'm deploying to you know kubernetes or swarm um from the application developers perspective you know that's basically that's portable um that's going to run anywhere that you can get swarm or kubernetes or mesos the the problem with the portability is that next layer of like, okay, I actually want to run Kubernetes. Um, if I want to deploy Kubernetes, like, you know, you look at the uh, the docs that are available and they'll say like, you know, running Kubernetes on AWS, on GCE, on bare metal. And there's a different approach for each one. And so that's kind of where you start losing the portability is in the actual like deployment maintenance of the you know, of the, the frameworks itself that you're running. And and that's kind of the problem that, that Rancher tries to solve is we make even that layer portable. So from, you know, kind of like your DevOps ops perspective, the stack that you're deploying such that, you know, so that your application developers can uh, deploy on that, that stack uh, can be run anywhere. So you can really completely abstract yourself from the, the you know what infrastructure if it's bare metal if it's amazon if it's google azure you know whatever it might be
0: or heterogeneous infrastructure too
1: yeah exactly and then also you know you add into that uh windows and and linux now that windows is you know really um you know kind of you know they're really upping their game on containers here so um, you know that adds yet another kind of factor
0: into this (laughs) So if I were to sort of roll my own container platform story, and let's say I've got some infrastructure where I've got uh, some EC2 instances, I've got some Windows machines that are on-premise, I've got um, some Rackspace uh, cloud instances, and on each of these I'm running some Docker containers, and I want to network these Docker containers together, and I'm not using a container platform what are the problems and the inconsistencies that I might encounter, especially as if I try to unify these uh, different pieces of, uh, of compute and I try to just treat them all as the same sort of thing.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, um, I mean, this really pops up when you start looking at networking. So, you know, Let's say if I started in Amazon, the obvious thing to do would be okay. Let me just start doing all my networking based on VPC, and um, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with VPC with adding routes. And um, so, if you go and you build all your networking around Amazon, now it's like okay, now I want to extend into let's say Rackspace, or or I have my own you know on-premise bare metal thing. Then you're going to be looking at like a VPN gateway, then doing the routing and and all of that. Um, So you know, you start looking at every cloud that you add. You have to take in take into account like how am I going to get the networking to work on that cloud? So you really have to take a step back and say, okay, what if instead instead of using like the the infrastructure providers, you know, native capabilities, what if I use you know something that works at a higher level? And that's where you get into where all these uh, you know networking solutions are today. You know, Rancher out of the box, we provides uh, uh, IPsec based networking, but there's other great projects like Weave or Calico that will do this. And so, um, instead of let's say using VPCs, you just stick with a, a very simple flat model in, in Amazon. Don't take advantage of any of their features like security groups, uh, and then you just run something like Calico, do all the network policies through that. Then immediately that software is going to work everywhere, so you don't have to consider you know the differences between each cloud. Um, and, and this is to me this is one of like the fundamental differences that were that we're seeing with uh, containers than than we had with virtual machines with virtual machines there's always this this the story of hybrid cloud but what it ended up being is that each cloud you added required a significant effort because you had to you know basically do all this integration work with containers since we're kind of moving up the stack a little bit of uh, focusing really on like Linux or software or, you know, basically the operating system layer, we can just look at portable software. And so if we just started that layer and say, okay, if I have portable software that can run anywhere, then I don't have to care about my infrastructure provider anymore. And it's by default uh, portable.
0: Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about Rancher specifically as an example of a container platform. And maybe throughout our conversation, you can illuminate how rancher might differ from other container platforms out there. <clears throat> so the the rancher platform manages your hosts and the docker containers within that host. What does management actually mean in this context?
1: Yeah, so it, it kind of depends on which which flavor of kind of rancher you're using. So for most people, it starts with, you know, what's going to be my application orchestrator. Uh, so right now we support Docker Swarm, like the brand new uh, Docker Swarm that, that will be released soon. Uh, that will be supported in Rancher. We also have the old Swarm support. Um, but then additionally, Kubernetes, Mesos, and then we have our own framework called Cattle that's been around for a while. Um, so it, it kind of first starts with how are you going to deploy your applications So um, like, for example, there's a lot of interest these days in Kubernetes. So if you pick Kubernetes, okay, um, you say, okay, I'm going to deploy my application with Kubernetes. Now, once you have that, um, what Rancher is going to do on top of that is then add the management of the storage, networking, security, uh, access control. uh, And then we have a feature which is called catalog, which is basically for managing uh, applications Um, So you can kind of, you know, a developer can bundle up their application to kind of into a singular unit, like it might be a series of microservices, but it's a singular unit, and they can just, you know, click install, manage upgrades, and it's a full, you know, kind of management of that integrated through, like, Git and GitHub. Um, So it kind of gives you a a good uh, story around lifecycle management of the applications and how to control that, who can do what.
0: So one thing you're saying here is that Rancher... Uh, offers some swappability for different schedulers. Like if you want to use Kubernetes, you can use that. If you want to use Docker Swarm, you can use that. Um, why would people choose different schedulers?
1: Right. You know, it's it's kind of each one has its like strengths and s- strengths and weaknesses. Uh, and so, kind of depending on where people are in their maturity with containers, what's their primary use case, we see people picking or gravitating towards different ones. Um, to be perfectly honest, all of these frameworks are kind of converging to the same basic concepts. So honestly, over time, you know, probably in a year or so, I don't think there's going to be a fundamental difference between them. Um, but right now there are some kind of clear differences, uh, you know, you know, just between the different frameworks that we support. Mesos is really great at, um, getting better resource utilization out of your hardware uh, in terms of if you're running a lot of big data stuff, like that's really their, their sweet spot is big data. Um, So we see, you know, if you're doing things like spark or Hadoop uh, you know, we see a lot of people gravitate towards Mesos. Uh, Kubernetes is really great at running web scale applications. The concepts uh, are extremely well thought out. You know, they come from a lot of experience at Google so, uh, you know, if you're really looking at larger scale applications and, you know, really getting to this model of, you know, you don't care about your infa- you know, where it's running or, you know, you, you, it's kind of like the pets versus cattle thing. You're moving more towards that cattle model. Uh, Kubernetes is, is great for that. The kind of the downside of Kubernetes is it is relatively difficult to get into it. The concepts are really complicated at first. It takes a while to learn it. So, and then the the last one is Swarm, and Swarm is um, Swarm is kind of that one is still emerging because you know they just it technically hasn't even been released yet, um, so it's kind of yet to be seen exactly you know where that framework is heading. But historically, kind of where Swarm has has done really well is within CI uh, because it's very simple to get up and running. It's very simple to integrate. And there's, you know, not a lot of thought about like, how to scale my application and do all this. It's just kind of, you know, it's very simple. I want to run a container. And so it's fit into CI really well.
0: When you talk about a platform, a container platform like Rancher being integrated with one of these schedulers, does that mean that I'm interfacing with these schedulers through Rancher? Like, am I just using the Rancher command line to interact with these schedulers? Or am I actually using the command line tools of the scheduler?
1: Yeah, so you're using the command line tool of the scheduler. So, like, from a Rancher perspective, you know, it's you can look at, like, you know, we're kind of integrating a lot of things and pulling it together, but we don't really want to get in the way of, of the end user, it's like you picked Kubernetes for some reason. You want to use Kubernetes. Uh, we don't want to get, so we don't try to provide some like normalized experience across these, or you know, because they all have their strengths and weaknesses. It, we look at it more from the perspective of it doesn't really matter which scheduler you're going to deploy. You're really going to run into the same types of issues and gaps to to really get this to work within an enterprise. So you know, the, the schedule is just one aspect of it. There's a lot more that you need for the kind of the complete end-to-end solution.
0: For example, monitoring tools, registries. Um, so do you? So do you write code that allows Rancher to integrate with all these tools? So like, let's say I want to use Prometheus as a monitoring tool over my uh, Kubernetes Kubernetes scheduled cluster maybe if i didn't have a, a a container platform like rancher i would have to do some complex integration but rancher gives me more of a plug and play glue
1: yeah exactly it's it's kind of like you know choose your own adventures with containers you go in and you say okay i want kubernetes now what do i want for networking um, you know, basically we have a, a, out of the box solution for all of these categories, but, but we know people, you know, want the flexibility run other the So for networking, maybe I want Calico because I like their policy-based stuff. Then for monitoring, I want Prometheus. Um, and then for storage, I might just want to use EBS. So for each one of these things, um, we basically, that's where kind of our, our catalog comes in to, per, to kind of in, into the picture is you can go to our catalog that we have and there's, a lot of the software is already packaged up and, you know, you can just click and it'll deploy um, and run and you don't have a give, you don't give a lot of thought of how to, you know, uh, integrate or whatever.
0: How do you manage that? Because this is a rapidly expanding ecosystem. If you have to write integrations for all of these things that are being built, it sounds like a lot of work. Um, Yeah. How do you manage that?
1: Sure. Sure. Well, there's, there's kind of, there's, there's two te- technical things. Like one is like, how do we actually get that to work? Like what's the technology managing it? And then how do we integrate with the various, you know, the infinite number of cop combinations and everything. Um, so the, f- the first thing is uh, when I mentioned that, you know, the different schedulers that we have, one of them is cattle, which is our own, our own framework. And, and that's actually the thing that runs under the hood to schedule a lot of the infrastructure level stuff, because, Let's say if I'm deploying networking, um, I'm not exactly going to use Kubernetes to deploy its own network management. You know, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing and also causes a little bit of problems with like, um, you know, availability and whatnot. So, Cattle is our very low-level infrastructure-oriented, you know, scheduling framework. And so, we're actually packaging up all of these softwares as Docker containers and deploying them with our own frameworks called Cattle. Now, once we deploy that software, it has to integrate with the various platforms and there's there's kind of two ways that we're doing that is one is um you know the nice thing is all these things are built off of docker so there's a lot of commonality between them so if i deploy let's say um prometheus in a swarm environment or a docker or a kubernetes environment you know you still get that kind of base level visibility of like here's a bunch of docker containers Now, then, there's the next level of integration, which is you know I actually want like Prometheus to know about Kubernetes specific concepts, and and those are largely being handled by the communities themselves that are producing these software. So we're not actually having to do a lot of this. We just pretty much have to configure it. Um, So so a lot of them is being handled by the community. The second, the other kind of part of this is like when you look at storage and networking, is is we're actually getting starting to get towards you know better standards and so networking for example is really gravitating towards cni so i can actually deploy cni and um so i can deploy like say if i do calico with cni that will work with kubernetes that will work with mesos and then we have support to make it work with docker too so we're kind of banking on the fact that you know as things move forward there'll be a lot more standardization and, and we're seeing that this is why we're members like uh, us personally, we're members of CNCF and, and, um, let's see, OCI, um, you know, because, you know, we very much care about these kind of standard integration points. So, you know, we can have more pluggability between these frameworks and tools.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that standardization, uh, there's a different kind of standardization that Rancher also has built into the platform. And I'm cur- curious about this more generally, So you have the Rancher OS, which is a minimalist OS that's built explicitly to run Docker containers. So what is Rancher OS?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. Um, Yeah, because honestly, this even confuses a lot of our users and people coming into Rancher. Um, It kind of depends on how you first heard about us, because we have two separate products. One is Rancher, which is the container uh, management platform. And then there's Rancher OS, which is the minimalistic uh, container operating system. And those are two completely separate products. One doesn't require the other. Um, so that's just something you know, I kind of want to get out of the way. But Rancher OS, basically what it is, is uh, it's a minimalistic Linux distribution that everything's a container. It's a 100% a container. And the idea of this came from basically... We started to build Rancher, the the management platform, and um, really all we need is a Docker daemon. Like, we don't care very much about the host operating system. We just needed a Docker daemon. And so we started to experiment with, you know, well, what's the smallest possible thing I could do to get, you know, a Docker running? So it's kind of like boat to Docker, but even, you know, uh, even... Like, How do we turn boot to Docker, I guess, basically into like more of a production-ready thing? But what we wanted to do was we didn't want to build just yet another Linux distribution, use kind of standard approach like RPM, Debian packages, whatever. We just wanted everything 100% to be a container. And at the time we started this, uh, it was really, really, really pushing the envelope. Uh, of what you could run in a container. And and the great thing that's come out of this is kind of all the hacks and things that we figured out of how to run things like UDev in a container have uh, basically all been upstreamed into Docker now such that, you know, basically you can run pretty much any software in a container. It's, it, you know, it's not going to be well-contained maybe, um, but you can still get it to run. And so people, a lot of people ask, like, what's like the fundamental difference between, let's say, CoreOS and, and Rancher? Or RancherOS, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you want to ask the question or uh, no, no, please just, just it.
0: answer it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
1: so this is one we get a lot, and and, and um, honestly, I love CoreOS. I was a very early user of CoreOS. Um, those guys do some great thing, really, um, really, uh, um, you know, pushing the envelope there. And so when you look at CoreOS, CoreOS, the core thing about CoreOS is actually, um, you know, their their tagline has always been securing the internet. And so the main thing about CoreOS is that the operating system is delivered as a single image that's, like, signed and secure and and all that. But if you look at what CoreOS is, it's still basically a standard Linux distribution. It's based off of Gentoo. 2 Uh, It runs SystemD. There's really nothing, you know, kind of fundamentally different about how it is. It's how the, the operating system actually is. Like, their key innovation is how it's packaged and delivered as as an image um, what we did with rancher os was we actually wanted to kind of go once you know one two <laughs> a couple steps further and say let's completely change how we look at a linux distribution and let's package everything 100% as containers and so this is something it's kind of hard for a lot of people to grasp because they'll say like well what's like the host like what's actually running on the host and to be honest what's on the host is like four files it's the docker daemon like that binary I think like mob probe IP tables and uh, kernel modules like, and that's pretty much all that's on the host. Um, and then everything after that is a is a container. And so the fundamental difference is, you know, we're just we're just pushing it to that level of, you know, everything is a container, and we, and we just look at it, you know, from that
0: from that level. And now, do I have to use Rancher OS if I'm using Rancher?
1: Yeah. So it's, so you, that that's not required. So I would say the the vast majority of our users are either on uh, rail CentOS or Ubuntu. So it kind of depends if it's enterprise, you know, rail is obviously the king there. And then in the open source world, Ubuntu is more popular.
0: So I'd like to talk about Rancher in a little more technical depth. So Rancher, the platform itself, has two main components and the first is the infrastructure backplane. What is an infrastructure backplane?
1: Yeah, that's where we just basically look at um, managing kind of the core resources of uh, hosts, storage, and networking. You know, that's kind of the, like when you look at, you know, the, the three tenants are compute storage networking. So how do I get those three things to be able to you know run my infrastructure? And so that's really what we say is kind of like the infrastructure backplane is getting those things in place. Um, and so, you know the difference is like Rancher is going to give you a completely cloud agnostic infrastructure agnostic backplane as opposed to like if you just go like directly to let's say Amazon or Google, they're going to give you like you know those specific technologies like EBS or VPC, which are going to be you know essentially lock you into that cloud.
0: Mm. And on top of this infrastructure backplane, a rancher deployment uses an application service for managing Docker containers. And I think the application services, this is basically another word for schedulers. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, yeah, so that the, it, the, that when you get up to into the services layer is then when you get kind of the variability of which one you want to choose, um, so you know, if you go with like the cattle experience, which is our own thing, then it's um, it's something that looks very similar to Docker Compose. Uh, if you go with Kubernetes, then it's going to be like Kubernetes services, replication controllers, and pods, and those things. Or if it's Mesos, you know, you'll be deploying tasks and, or Marathon.
0: Okay, and regardless of what what scheduler I'm using, I'm going to need to do some software defined networking. Um, which, if somebody is is very familiar with Docker and this container environment, they probably know what software defined networking is. But um, maybe for people who are a little newer to this area, why don't you give us a definition for software defined networking, and then we can have a little bit of a discussion around it?
1: Oh shoot, that's a hard one because um, <laughs> it's it's a very loose term what software defined networking is, and it's just basically instead of interacting directly with like you know your switches or routers or or um, you know, kind of the legacy networking tech, you know, equipment that exists. Software-defined networking is is controlling everything, you know, at, at a layer above that, which you know is it, just um, controlled by some type of management plane. So you don't have to basically go to each individual device and, and program it and set it up. Um, and so, so, what does that mean
0: in the context of a container platform?
1: Yeah. So for a
0: container platform, it's
1: you know, it's basically um, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's really interesting because, you know, I, my background is actually I came, you know, first from more like hosting than infrastructure as a service, like um, VMs and, and things like that. And, and in that world, uh, you know, you spend a lot of time talking about networking and how to set it up and VLANs and switches and all that stuff. Um Now when we move to this container world, uh, there's actually a lot less discussion of networking. People care just more about, can my apps talk to each other? Is it secure and private? Um, And so that's basically what SDN is going to give you in a container world is that you just really don't have to think about a lot of that. You know, It's like I deploy these two containers, these services, and I want them to be talked to each other, and it just kind of magically happens. And and there's a lot going on under the hood to make that happen um, because... You know, you have containers that have IPs on each host, and that has to be either you know attached to the underlying fabric or run over an overlay network, um, you know, somehow encrypted if if you need that. So there's a lot going on under under the hood. But from a user perspective, it's you know, to be honest, it's just somewhat magical. It's just you know, that's the idea is it should just work.
0: Hmm. So let's say I want to use software-defined networking in order to set up some service discovery and orchestration using Rancher. What exactly do I need to know in terms, so for a given container platform, we could use Rancher as an example, what do I need to do to get service discovery and orchestration so that it's running smoothly, so that my developers can easily just stand up a service and it's as effortless as possible?
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, specifically with the the networking. So there's kind of there's two things there of the you have the networking and then the service discovery. And those kind of uh, are separate topics. Uh, so the, the the base networking, um, you know, if, if you're just kind of doing this yourself, then you're going to basically, you know, look at what's what's out there. So there's a lot of guides. I think, you know, Kubernetes is kind of the the most uh complete in terms of like documentation and whatnot in setting these things up. And so they'll kind of tell you if you want, okay, if you want to run this on Amazon, here's how you do it on Amazon. Uh, if you want to use flannel, here's the, the instructions for flannel uh, or Calico. So it's kind of, if, if you're going to do this yourself, I, I think the first approach is, you know, what's, you know, the first thing is, you know, what's the right SDN solution for me? Should, should I pick, you know, what is, my infrastructure provider provides so you know is i'm am i going to use like gce directly or aws directly or should i go with you know something that's that's cloud agnostic that portable so flannel or calico um or weave so each one of those has you know a different kind of strength and weakness to them so once you get those figured out like you know which one you want uh then you kind of go through the you know the steps of plugging that in. And so there's, you know, first I get Weave running. Now how do I get Weave to work with Mesos? How do I get Weave to work with Kubernetes, whatever, you know, application framework you're using there? So, you know, once you pick the technology, then you actually get it deployed. Then you figure out how to integrate it, you know, with the, with the schedulers.
0: And in what ways does using – does a container platform help me out with that?
1: Yeah. And so that's, that's the idea is that like, basically you just don't really have to think about it. So when you go to a container platform, there's, there's almost, there's going to be, you know, either, you know, like in the case of Rancher, we give you a choice in the case of like something like GKE, there's not really choice so much, they just give you what's what's built in. Um, So the idea is, if you don't know anything about networking, you don't want to think about that. You don't have to. So it's like if you, if you go with the you know choice of using like Rancher, you just basically start running, and we have our default networking. But if you come into certain requirements where it's like you know I need more advanced policies, then you might start looking at Calico. So, um, you know that's what the basically the container platform is gonna is gonna do for you is it's, you know if you don't want to think about that aspect, you really don't have to
0: so let's talk about DNS for example so uh, we, you will say let's say I'm I've booted up rancher I've got it going and it's using the uh, native DNS functionality for rancher and if I wanted to switch to weave dNS for example how would I do that and what would what's going on under the covers when I swap out the DNS plugin- that I'm using
1: yeah so DNS is kind of a tricky one because it's at this point, DNS is being kind of really heavily pulled into um, the the schedulers, like the so like the new Swarm Kit that they've they've uh, announced has you know basically a built-in DNS server. Um, I mean, they had it in the in, the, in like Docker one eleven also, but it, it's kind of a core functionality. And then GKE has uh, a SkyDNS, or they have a specific way of doing DNS. So. The problem with swapping DNS stuff right now is that the model and how DNS is being used ends up being somewhat specific to the framework. Um, But it is possible. Instead, if you like, I don't want to use the Kubernetes way of using DNS or the swarm way of using DNS, you can in like both those frameworks, for example, flip them off, like turn them off and then deploy, um, you know, say weave DNS, uh, So in those situations, you know, so then it'd just be a matter of, you know, turning it off in those individual providers and then and then deploying, you know, Weave DNS or something.
0: Okay. So let's talk about like adoption and usability. How does a typical customer like if I'm a typical customer, I've got my application running on let's say on amazon ec2 i've just got some rails rails monoliths that are scale or maybe that's a bad example i've got uh some you know microservices infrastructure like let's let's say i'm netflix or something and i want to onboard with rancher how do i migrate my my decoupled microservices infrastructure to a container platform like rancher
1: right so um it kind of depends on where you are in your kind of your, your adoption of containers. Uh, typically what we come into is people have basically just started containerizing their applications. So they've got it such that, um, you know, they, they've containerized it so the app is running in a container, but they're most likely using, like, their old way of deploying. So, uh, you know, either it's manual, uh, like Puppet and Chef, they're using some configuration management framework, so that's typically where, like, where Rancher would come in is 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 people are at that level. So then the next step is basically okay. Well, how do I actually describe my application in you know some templatized format? Which would be if it's Kubernetes like services and, and replication controllers. If it's Docker or Cattle or Swarm, um, it would be a Docker composed format. So basically, you know, you would you would start looking at describing your application in a, in a template um and then for the most part i mean rancher itself is super easy just to get up and running so you know it's just a docker container in itself so you just launch that and once you have your app in the templatized format then you know you start deploying it either through the web interface or through our command line um so the the onboarding process i mean at least from a rancher perspective is is very very simple we don't um that's that's at least been like the The one good thing for us is we've had just good organic adoption. People come, you know, kind of gravitate towards Rancher just because it is so simple to get up and running and get going.
0: What about the continuous deployment story? How does continuous deployment for me change when I move to a container platform?
1: Yeah, you know, to be honest... um, you know, I, I think it's 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 relatively difficult to be doing continuous deployment if you're not using a container platform, um, because there's the problem is is when you run into microservices is is if I just have a singular unit, it's relatively easy to do continuous deployment. It's just deploy this new thing. Um, it's when I start having an application that's distributed, distributed, and there's more components, and so it's 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 kind of this larger picture. That, that's where the the, the uh, platform can help you with because let's say um, I've described my app as as you know five different microservices that are all talking to each other. Uh, if I push an update in just one of those changes, then I need to be able to just deploy that you know upgrade or deploy that one thing. But there might be you know it's like how do you do that in a seamless way without not having downtime and whatnot? And that's what these you know, kind of the, these full container platforms and solutions will do for you is is how do you, you know, do a rolling upgrade? How do you manage the, um, you know, load balancing to the application or draining sessions and discovery, like if you want to do a blue-green deployment. So there's all these different, you know, ways because there's not like one strategy that that fits all. Like it, it kind of depends on your application and how it behaves of how it's going to be upgraded and deployed. And then so you know, to be able to do this efficiently, I really think you have to pull in, you know, pull in one, uh, you know, a full container, container solution.
0: What about monitoring? How does a container platform assist me with the monitoring story? Um,
1: I know from a from a rancher perspective, it's it's um, it's it's largely, I mean. So we can deploy the monitoring solution, but it's kind of like providing the additional metadata to tie everything together. Um, without a, like the container platform, basically you're just going to see a bunch of containers. Like I've got a hundred hosts and I got a thousand containers. Like what are those things? Like how do they associate to each other? So it for, You know, there's the monitoring systems, but being able to feed the monitoring systems the additional metadata such that they can show a more application view um, and, you know, more of a relationship. And that's kind of what really helps you out there is, you know, instead of looking at these individual entities, I can actually see them as applications and scaling groups and and things like that. And so you you can do better, you know, kind of root cause analysis and, you know, what's going on, um, you know, with, with that additional metadata.
0: Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about the business model for Rancher and this broader ecosystem. How does Rancher make money?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, we just, we focus on basically support. We spell, we sell support, you know, licenses for Rancher. And so everything we do is a hundred percent open source. That's worked extremely well for us. Um, our, you know, there's four co-founders of Rancher, are um, Three of them previously did cloud.com, which was also a company that was completely open source. Um, so we're really familiar with the open source model. We really like it. It works well for us. And so um, our focus is really just on you know selling support for Rancher.
0: Hmm. Uh, the objective is Docker as a service. Uh, so Why, I mean, I don't mean to sound like uh, uh, hostile here. Why would Docker as a service be easier for Rancher to do than Docker the company itself?
1: Yeah, I mean, so that's a great question. Um, You know, so if you look at Rancher, so, you know, when we talk about, you um, you know, what's a container management platform and why do you need it? It's like if you look at the Docker solution, so you have Docker Swarm, and then on top of that, you have UCP. So UCP is kind of the product that is is more on level of what Rancher is doing. So um, we're very very similar products. But so the difference between, um, you know, basically what we're doing at Rancher and what Docker, why, you know, you might say, you know, we would be a better approach is, is we really look at the larger uh, container ecosystem, not just Docker. Like Docker is not just, you know, there's more than... There's more to containers than just Docker. Docker is one approach. So if you go and you get UCP, basically you're going to get the Docker Swarm solution. And what we've seen as we've gone into to companies, especially very large organization, is, is you don't have that consistency across the whole organization where they're just going to pick one framework. Like you already have an investment in Mesos, for example, and then you're looking at Kubernetes or... Um, You know there's other frameworks that are popping up like you know nomad which was just you know last year or so habitat was just released you know these frameworks keep popping up and they all have their pros and cons um i don't really think there's going to be a clear winner like it's not a zero-sum game here so the difference kind of between um docker and and rancher is that we really look i feel like we really look at a larger container ecosystem and we're very much you know somewhat kind of a, the Switzerland of, of uh, containers and that we really don't have a specific preference. You know, there's pros and cons of all these technologies. We're just going to help you bring them all together and run them. So, you know, we're going to help you run a Kubernetes if you want Kubernetes or if it's Swarm, then Swarm's fine or Mesos um, or whatever new frameworks pop up.
0: Okay, interesting. So I was going to ask about the Red Hat OpenShift, how Red Hat OpenShift compared to Rancher, but it sounds like... There's a pretty big obvious differentiator there, and that Red Hat OpenShift is explicitly built on Kubernetes, where Rancher has some more swappability at the scheduler layer.
1: Yeah, and and that's what, you know that's what you're going to see is just really what's fundamentally different between Rancher and the rest of the guys um, is is just the flexibility that we provide that we can pick you know you can have different solutions. And, you know, as, as we go and we talk to people in, in the enterprise, uh, people are very, very concerned about lock-in. You know, that's just a, you know, they very much want and to make sure that they're not stuck with one technology. Um, so, you know, we, we provide that.
0: To close off, what are some tips that you have for people who want to run containers in production? Hmm,
1: that's a great, I mean, Really, what it comes down to, it you know, is looking at looking at what's the state in your application. Um, if you can properly isolate and manage the state of your application, uh, then it becomes significantly easier to run it uh, in containers. Containers can actually run stateful workloads. You just need to be able to identify it and you know be able to manage that in a stateful fashion. Um, but then, if you can you know really keep the state centralized to a couple different components then it's significantly easier to manage uh the applications at scale uh it makes everything just drastically easier so you know that would kind of be the the biggest thing that i I see for people is just you know really look at how they're
0: managing state okay well darren thanks for coming on the show this has been a great conversation about container platforms yeah thanks I, i really enjoyed this Thanks to Symphono for sponsoring Software Engineering Daily. Symphono is a custom engineering shop where senior engineers tackle big tech challenges while learning from each other. Check it out at symphonocom slash S-E Daily. That's S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-O dot com slash S-E Daily. Thanks again, Symphono.
1: Wow.